Hey, this is the Zach Nevin podcast thing, and this is the second episode, and this is my good friend, Dan Gillis. Hello. So, Dan, do a small introduction about yourself. About All your right. creativity. About my creativity. Uh, I'd say my creativity started from the very beginning. I had an unusual uh, birth. I was uh, born in a car, actually. We almost made it to the hospital, but not quite. That's, that's uh, too early. It's too more like recent stuff. Uh, like, how recent? Like, did you go to school for creativity or like, the arts? All right. All right. So, um, how about your high I school? Th- I say my creativity started when I got my, uh, it started with cameras. And uh, when I remember when I was younger, they had those old disposable Kodak ones. And I went to Disney World and I got a lot of shots with those. And I also remember my first camera phone. So we're talking back to 2007 when the first flip phones had the cameras on them. And I remember distinctly that when I went to Disney World, I took, uh, that was like my first big trip in an airplane and everything back in like 2008. And I remember that I was taking photos on two devices. One was, you know, the disposable cameras. One of those an underwater one too. Really cool technology, right? <laughs> you can get a, you know, a CBS for 20 bucks. Those uh, disposable, disposable cameras underwater. That went underwater. Cameras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and unfortunately, I don't think they're on the shelves anymore. Uh, and I got photos with those. And then I was also taking photos with my camera phone. And unfortunately, at the time, because I was like, I think, nine or ten years old, I was a little idiot. And I left my phone in my pants, and they went through the wash. So there oh, went all the photos. All those photos are gone. All those photos are gone, unfortunately, yes. Um, but uh, I, I would say, like, you know, I first started becoming interested with cameras and uh, the idea of becoming a movie director when I was a kid because I said, I want to order people around. I don't want to be <laughs> the person that has to do all the lifting the boxes and stuff. I want to be telling people, you go there, you go there, you go there, you do that. Like George Lucas. Like and uh, <laughs> like George Lucas, yeah, any of those auteurs, you know, I, I just... I wanted to be the guy in charge. And uh, when I was uh, younger, I also took a trip to Los Angeles. I went to Warner Brothers Studios and uh, I went to a couple other studios as well, just seeing, you know, the grounds and everything. I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to get into the film industry. I want to like, you know, do something with cameras. I wasn't quite sure exactly. I just said director, but that's like the head honcho. You don't just start as director. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing that I still struggle with. Yeah, yeah, it's always a ladder, but I feel like every time I get on that ladder, I break one of the rungs and I go lower, and I have to like struggle <laughs> to get back up. It's it's a lot, but um, yeah, I, I'd say you know the idea of making motion pictures uh, started out early, but I didn't really experiment with videos as much as I did with still photography. I started back uh, a couple years later after the, you know, Disney World and Los Angeles. Um, I I think around like 2011, 2012, I went to Rochester to see a family friend. And around then I got my first camera. And when I got my first camera, it was not quite a DSLR. It was a point and shoot, but I started experimenting around and taking photos of, 
you know, things that, you know, people might skip over, like architecture and, you know, small objects around uh, the city. Yeah, macro type stuff, you know, just really experimenting. And I got a lot of good shots from that. And I remember I had them all printed out at Walgreens. So I had like this box somewhere in my house and like a hundred photos of Rochester, New York, the most, you know, whatever place. But Kodak comes from there. Um, the Kodak factory is still there operating to a lower extent, but uh, they still exist. Uh, so that's, you know, Eastman Kodak, kind of like the birthplace of photography as we know it. So it was a good place to get my start there. So yeah, that, that's how I started in my uh, creativity. You know, did you go to um, high school for it? Were you interested, did you pursue it all in high school or are you more focused on education in high school? Uh, in high school, I was definitely more focused on my education. I just, I knew that I wanted to do something with creativity, with uh, photography and videography, cinematography. But the thing was, uh, I knew that academics, you know, came first in making sure I got my ACT scores high and made sure that I passed all my class, not passed all my classes, I made sure to ace all my classes. I was, <laughs> I was a fairly good student. Looking back on it, I don't know how I did it, but you know, I'd say the high school I went to, Hudson High, was a rough high school. There's some good good apples and quite a lot of bad apples. <laughs> and, most, uh, most schools, I feel like, are and good apples and bad apples. Oh, of course. But, uh, you know, uh, I think it was the, the, the apples that were in between that most baffled me. A lot of the, the apples that were not interested in education at all. They weren't bad people. They weren't getting into fights. They just weren't interested. <laughs> so I remember the teachers would be so glad when I got to classes because I would participate and I'd be engaged. And they'd be like, wow, thank you. And then I got like ninth in my class because I just, uh, you know, without really pushing myself mega hard, it was just, you know, something that came naturally easy to me. Uh, whereas... When it comes to creativity, I actually have to work at it. Some people, it comes really easy. Some people, you know, they just start and they're just like, wow, they have all this stuff. For me, I have to really work at it. And uh, I got accepted to Ithaca College in uh, 2016. And uh, uh, I, when I started there, I remember taking my first photography class. And I just did awful in the first uh, the first assignment. And I was like, why, why does this professor hate me so much? What's wrong with my photos? And it turns out that that whole class was a class about pretty much Photoshopping the photos that you took. So I had fine photos, but she didn't like the way I Photoshopped them because I didn't do it the same, you know. Caliber. You know. And it was, it was like the, um, the workflow that she had was different than mine. And she taught me certain ways, and I was experimenting with other ways. She's like, no, you don't do it that way. Wrong. <laughs> and then take off like 100 points. Wow. Uh, but no, through that class, I eventually got better. It was really rigorous. It really forced me to think critically. And I say the next class was um, intermediate photography, which really uh, got me to slow down. Because with digital, I just would take thousands of photos. Of yeah, just, you know, doing snap, that. Snap, yeah. Snap, 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 snap. You fill a card yeah. up, and then you're done. Yeah, or you buy another card. <laughs> yeah, in film, you got you got twelve rolls or so, or twelve shots. But with or digital, so the small card fills up, you buy a new one. Mm. I or got as a gift that one card. 
Yeah, I got as a gift when I went off to college uh, a Pentax K1000, which is a 35mm film camera. And um, I got it actually, it's in the background, if you can see, yeah, like I over there. Uh, and uh, basically, that camera got me through into media photography for the beginning part when we were doing a 35 millimeters and we got 24 shots or 36 depending on which uh, type and we'd start with black and white because I actually developed my own film which was really um really a, like I don't know it was really relaxing to, to <laughs> develop your own film you go in a dark when you go not not just the the dark room part was actually the part I didn't enjoy as much as <laughs> actually just putting the film into uh, the canisters where you pour the chemicals in, in a room that completely had no light, not even like a red light, nothing, just darkness. Wow. And you do that and you have to, you, it's, it, you can open your eyes or close your eyes, it doesn't matter. You have it's to be able black. to, yeah, it's all black. It's, it's, you can't see anything. And um, it's just about putting the, the film on a reel and then you put four reels in and then you close it up in this top that has a little hole that's light proof, but you just pour the chemicals in and then you go over and then you're just developing the film more than, you know, using the larger to make the prints. Developing the film is my favorite uh, aspect of that. And uh, I did pretty well in that class and uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, when I got further in the class, we eventually got to medium format. And that's where I started taking uh, photos of uh, uh, people. My favorite photo I think I've ever taken is this kid at a gun store. And yeah, he's like 12 years old. Hand, yeah. yeah, and he's just holding this like rifle. And it's like bigger than he is. And he's like, I, I got three of these at home, you know. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Uh, and it was exciting. I, I even uh, rented a grenade actually for that uh, photo shoot. I took a yeah, I rented a grenade uh, and I kept it under my bed. Uh, Is it alive? I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like to say I rented a grenade and wait for someone to ask that question <laughs> so I can keep them on their toes or just like hold on a second. But regardless, if I ever well, it's too late now. But if I got caught when I was at school with a grenade under my bed, I'm pretty sure I would have been expelled. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you, you got you to gotta take risks as an artist. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you know that, Zach. Just for the picture. Just for the picture. Yeah, I wanted to have a picture of my friend, like, pulling the pin back and, like, about <laughs> to throw it. But it didn't end up making the cut because it didn't look that good anyway. But um, it was a good way to experiment. And I think that's one thing that you learn when you're being creative is that, you know, the stuff that you might be looking for to come out being the best in your work might not be. And the stuff that you at least expect might be the best stuff in your work. And I definitely learned that. One thing I skipped over is I actually, um, uh, uh, I went to Rochester, like I said earlier, um, and that's where I started experimenting with my point and shoot. But I also went with that point and shoot in 2014 to um, Spain and France. I took a lot of photos over there, and um, there was in a program in my high school where you'd be paired up with an artist, and uh, I'm still really good friends with uh, this artist, uh, Frank Tartaglion, uh, who is a painter uh, and an abstract artist by trade, but knows a lot about photography and artistry as a whole. And he's also an a interior designer. He's done stuff for, like, uh, 
think the royal family and like one I think Amsterdam or something like Netherlands. I think something like that. Cool. You know, he's he's done stuff. He's had stuff in like big museums. Really cool guy. And his partner Dave King, of course, I have to mention. <laughs> um, really cool guys. Um, they're actually coming to visit, see my dog this weekend. So looking That's forward cool. to that. <laughs> um, and so how did uh, your, um, video work? Did you do any of that in college or high school? Yeah, yeah. So the the degree that I started out with was film photography and visual arts. Uh, I did a slight switch. I eventually switched to cinema and photography. Big change, I know. <laughs> uh, so for uh, film photography and visual arts, it was kind of like a double major. So like if you think about it, each year, each like us, you know, year we split up into two semesters and pretty much there'd be one semester of photography and one semester of uh, video, uh, the way that I set it up. So each year I would just have half the year being video, half the year being uh, photography. And I mentioned a lot of photography stuff, but the video stuff uh, went through training with uh, Cinema Production 1, 2, Advanced Cinema Production, and then eventually Thesis. And um, I would say that, you know, the Cinema Production 1 was just basically getting a, a sense of how film aesthetics work. And we had other classes like film A&A, film aesthetics and analysis, where we'd watch movies in a movie theater together and just learn and talk about them. And uh, then we had, you know, uh, other classes about film theory. Uh, that was more, you know, analytical uh looking at you know how artists like you know spielberg lucas scorsese all of them you know uh, assemble their films and all that stuff but when it came to actually creating it would be in the production classes and the cinema production one they didn't allow us to actually have synchronous sound <laughs> so we had to just so for anyone that doesn't know what that means is when you know you watch a film and you see people talking and you know you hear what's coming out of their mouth and you see a picture at the same time that's synchronous sound so uh it's when you say by a little it looks like they're like puppets almost yeah yeah and and that actually when editing can easily happen if you have a little mix up that's like a technical issue but um when it came down to uh, making uh you know shorts because we would only have a semester and that's not enough time to make a feature film <laughs> 60 minutes or longer that's like impossible uh especially with the, the abilities and the you know equipment and the crew that you'd have and time especially the time because yeah. you remember this you're you know the cinema production classes would be four credits and you would need to take at least 12 per semester uh so we're talking about a heavy course load imagine like trying to focus on a film while having all these other classes it's uh, a lot of it, work. it's a lot of work and that's why like, i'm glad i went to um the, the place where i went at the college because it kind of gave me the liberal arts uh college education so if i want to go on something else i have a like a regular bachelor's degree um but at the same time uh it gave me opportunity to also work on films albeit you know it was a little time constrained it wasn't like i was able to devote all my time to uh making a film but center production two is when i first um 
got synchronous sound and I made a film. I wanted to make a film that was impactful, uh, you know, that was, you know, uh, uh, poignant and about uh, real life issues. Uh, and I call it, it's called uh, La Migra and it's about uh, immigration police like ICE uh, deporting people and about a guy who, you know, gets deported and I wanted to have a story about that. And that went pretty well. Um, you know, it was uh, just trial and error because I was learning. Yeah, uh, learning on the go. Learning on the go. And uh, by the time I got my junior year, I felt quite confident. And I assembled a crew of about 20 or 30 people. It was quite a bit. And I made this film along with a producer that I had, Gavin, um, called uh, Assassin Camp. And, and it yeah. was... Yeah, it was it was the crowning achievement I would say of my uh, college career when it came to artistry, along with the photo of the kid with the gun, uh, <laughs> and you know that had a very warm reception. It got into a couple of film festivals. It was a That's comedy cool. about a kid who wanted to go to film camp and he accidentally went to assassin camp, supposed <laughs> to kill people and everything. Uh, so. It, it was it was a time. It was a it was a good time. There is uh, a lot of good memories that I have from working on projects or working on other people's projects. I, I the one regret I had is I didn't work on as many other projects as I wish I could have. Uh, unfortunately, other things came up, classes, you know, had some stomach issues. That was a real rough thing. The stress of filmmaking can really get to you. <laughs> And everyone's body reacts differently. And for me, it's stomach ache. It's really bad stomach ache that I get. I don't know. Do you ever have stresses when you're working on, you know, photography, Zach, or anything like that? Not much. I mean, it's mostly the dealing with people part. I I threatened, like, to give up my photography, like, because people weren't, like, cooperating quite right. Mm. But at the end of the day, you love what you do. Mm-hmm. Just because one person gives you a hard time doesn't mean everything has to collapse. That's that's very true. Yeah, tough clients can really be tough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, I've, I've been thankful I haven't really had a lot of that. You know, uh, I, I, another thing I have to mention is that um, when during my summers I was working for the National Park Service and. Uh, Throughout my time there, I made several documentaries, the mini documentaries, and the largest one I made was going into my senior year of college, and it was uh, about uh, African American farmers in our local Kinderhook. Um, so I uh, made a short, and I'd recommend you check that out. It's on my website, and uh, I'm sure you've seen it, Zach. I think so. Yeah, I-, I watched a lot of those videos you made for them. Yeah, I made another one about a coffee pot. That's what I did my first year. And you can see that they progressively get better and more complicated as I purchased more equipment and gotten more training. So and it's challenging it's yourself, too. Challenging myself, yeah. Actually, the color grading for the last one was done when I was in um, – I had an internship in Jerusalem. Uh, wow, it's, it's kind of crazy to think back on how much I did in my four years and how much I wish I could have done more. And – how it goes like that it goes like that yeah and then you're back home and then you're just like whoa where did all the time go and uh now you got to figure out your own way and that's the one thing i loved about college and 
this is a big turnaround, you know, in my psyche from when I was younger, when I said, I just want to be ordering people around. And, you know, you grow up and you learn that, hey, sometimes I realize that, like, while I can, because I have the ability to be that director type person, I also like being a team player. And uh, I would love to be a part of a team rather than running around myself, like something like doing like freelance. I've learned that like freelance is like, you know, while the most, you know, popular, I'd say, thing that a lot of people in my class are doing after graduation, I'd rather be working for a company and just having a regular set hours and, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, I, I just... Have someone you know, direct you. Have someone direct me, you know. I, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still yeah. getting out there. And, you know, I, I like the idea of having some sort of direction. When I say direction, I mean... You know, when you say, when people say, like, be creative, I've actually, uh, I'm sorry, Zach, I have to say, I've never been a fan of the word creative for anyone <laughs> that self-describes as a creative, because it's just like, oh, what the hell does that mean? You know, if someone says they're a photographer, if someone says they're, you know, a visual artist, if someone says that they're a cinematographer, an audio a, tech. A blank label right there. Well, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a... a yeah, a blank label. I'd say it's it, it's like you can it's a, it's it's a starter. Yeah. It's it's a label that you start out with, and then you develop off of that. And you have other adjectives and other ways of self describing yourself. But whenever anyone says to me like "be creative," I'm like, ah, <laughs> like you know, what does that mean? You know, I I just have trouble, you know. Uh, but when someone says to me. Uh, you know, explore the complexities of uh, immigration in the United States through a film. I'm like, all right, yes, yes. You know, someone says explore, you know, what it's like to be an African-American farmer in the you know, 19th century in Kinderhook, New York. I'm like, okay, I can do that. You know, it's very specific. You know, you, you get down specifics and that's what I could do. So once somebody gives you uh, uh, an idea for something, you can run off with it. Yeah, absolutely. If you give me an idea and a general gist of what you're looking for, then I can do it. Then you'll do research about it. You'll ask people questions to learn mm -hmm. more. Yeah, I love doing that. Are you working on anything right at the moment? With at the, at the moment, um, at the moment, I'm helping my dad. He has a history project where he's taken. He's already taken the photos of um, all these uh, buildings around town in Hudson. And uh, he wants me to like edit together a video where he basically has audio interviews of people who've lived through that, and just to like explain how the town has changed over time. So I'll be working on that probably. Hopefully, we should start shooting soon because it was like thirty degrees and windy and awful today, and I don't want to be outside, you know, filming anything, you know, unless I, if we are, I don't know exactly what he's looking for. And it's also, really COVID, uh, it's really hard to f film people. Yeah. People react differently to the situation well, at hand. Luckily, he did a lot of these. Uh, he would call someone on the phone and he would record the audio of the, of the, the call and everything. Um, but another project I actually just picked up uh, today is a friend of mine uh, from college, a close friend. Uh, she said that her dad has a whole bunch of uh, slide, uh, you know, film slides, uh, you know, from the old projectors and everything that her dad had. 
and she wants to get them. She wanted prints, and I said I can make small prints, but I have a, a scanner. So uh, I think uh, I'm going to be scanning maybe, I don't know, several hundred, you know, photos. Wow. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to that, yeah. It sounds like you and Jock have the same kind of project. <laughs> yeah. Found um, film that you're developing, or not developing, but you're digital, digitalizing. Yeah, I'm digitizing, uh, uh, you know, a whole bunch, but I'll get the shipment in, I think, like next week or so. But I wasn't planning on doing anything with those photos. I need permission first because yeah, yeah. they want them actually, uh, you know, for their you know records. But if there's something interesting in them, then hell yeah. And I, I also have my own collection for my dad um, that he had like from the 1960s. Uh, so I already have a whole bunch. So. so you have a project at hand already? Yep, I got a project at hand. Are you working on anything for yourself? Besides um, or any? No, no, I, I, I prefer to work for other people. You know, I'm not the kind of person that likes doing projects for myself. I feel like I always want to give back to the community. So for me, serving others is, is how I serve myself. So if, say somebody had an idea to do a like documentary of like, since I love Chatham so much, Chatham, and somebody came to you, like, oh, you want to do like a documentary like your dad is doing with um, Hudson. Would mm-hmm. he be game for that? If somebody came to you with an idea? Yeah, yeah, I'd be game for that when the weather gets nicer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, maybe like, in the spring. Because in cold weather, cold weather, our cameras die quicker. They do die quicker, and my hands go first. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You only wear gloves. Oh, of course. But then it's hard to operate the camera. True. So is there anything else creative you do besides the camera that you've done in, like, college or high school or now? Um, I did do a little bit of uh, drawing. I took a drawing class, an intro drawing class, and I haven't done much outside of it, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but in the class, my favorite thing was uh, figure drawing, where they bring in a nude model and you just draw them. And I feel like people just have such this prudish approach to nudity, where I'm very laissez-faire. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, whatever, you know? And it was just really cool to be in an environment where you're just looking at the human body just as, you know, a canvas. And just to say, okay, you know, how can we best represent this on paper? How can I, you know, uh, get like, you know, the elbow? How can I get the shoulder? What does that look like? Her shoulder? Does that look different? You know, do I need to improve it, round it more, put it out as a jagged edge? It depends on the individual. It's really fun just to do that. So you talked about travel. Did you do any photography as you traveled? Oh, absolutely. Every time I travel, I've done photography. So I guess my big trips were, I mean, every time I went out of the country. So uh, in college, uh, we had a day trip to Canada, which was really cool. We went to see um, Alice in Wonderland at a theater. Uh, I can't remember the name of the theater, but it's like some really famous one. It was at Niagara on the Lake. I got some great photos over there. Uh, we didn't go Niagara Falls, though, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so Canada, uh, I went to Cuba. There was a week trip that I went to Cuba. Uh, I, Zach, me talking about this stuff, I miss college so much. I miss college. <laughs> I wonder if I can get a second bachelor's degree because <laughs> being out of college is just so dull compared to like, yeah. So I went to uh, Cuba 
uh, for a week, had a great time. I took place in an animation workshop where they showed us how they make the, um, the animations over there. Um, I don't think we didn't do too much ourselves, but we got to see how it works. Was it digital animation or like clay animation? It was uh, clay animation, but they had digital cameras. It was basic, very basic stuff in Cuba. <laughs> and uh, they were, you know, operating on like Windows 98 practically. So wow. <laughs> and this was like, day. yeah, and this is like back in 2017. So <laughs> uh, they, they are trying to catch up. But I, I will oh. say one thing about Cuba is, you know, what you think of it in photos and everything are the classic cars, but that's changing. That's changing real fast. Uh, they're starting to get modern stuff because, long story short, without getting too much into the politics and the history, but, you know, they had this old 1959 coup where Castro took over and said, we're not going to have capitalism. We're going to have this communism hybrid thing. But uh, in 2011, his brother Raul Castro, who is all, uh, they both have passed now, I think. I know Fidel Castro has died, but, like, Raul opened up the country uh, for for capitalism completely, pretty much. So they're just they're gonna they're they're gonna change very soon. And, and an interesting fact about Castro, you know, the United States, or not not not, not just the United States, but he's been trying to been assassinated like three hundred and like sixty times. So a funny thing is when you're in Cuba, one thing that they you know like talking about is that uh kind of thing because they're very proud of it and uh they 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 held back a little bit in our trip because we're americans and i'm sure they wanted you know not to offend we've us tried a, a bunch of times but other countries tried to kill them too yeah uh so the biggest uh attempt that we had was bay of pigs or as they call it playa Giron. and uh there was a big i remember distinctly i wonder if i have a photo of it that there was a big uh, billboard in town, in the city of Havana, that uh, said Playa Giron, like the movie, like watch mm. it now. And it's like a joke, I think. Or maybe it was a real movie that they made, you know, about Bay of Pigs, just about how we failed to um, invade. So, but um, I went there. I went to Israel twice, uh, uh, both uh, one time as Birthright, which is a trip that, you know, all uh, Jewish students get to go on to experience the homeland, I guess, as they call it. Uh, and uh, another time to do an internship with a Jerusalem media group where uh, I actually did some videography for a live event that was for the Philips Corporation where we were filming uh, in Israel, Brazil, and the Netherlands. Uh, just all like a live show. And we had a director that was flown in from Los Angeles. It was pretty cool. We had... This guy that, like, you know, maybe, like, I'm sure you know Fortnite, like, how they have, like, big, you know, events of people playing and everything. Like, he was, like, one of the guys in charge of, like, the whole show in Madison Square Garden with all, like, hundreds of cameras. Wow. So, you know, I met some really cool people when I was out there. And um, my last trip was to Argentina, which was uh, cut short a little bit by the COVID, but uh, I was working for a non-for-profit down there called Junior Achievement. So just uh, helping out kids in need with supplemental education. So I was just doing, uh, I was doing a couple of videos for them where I, you know, created, you know, content just of advertising of, you know, how they're dealing with the COVID situation 
and uh, they were pretty pleased with that, and I was pleased to work there, but I uh, eventually had to evacuate the country because the borders were closing, so, <laughs> so now I'm back in the United States. So you talked about going back to or the idea of going back to school, and you talked about a lot about um, your work overseas. What would you rather do? Go back to college and learn more about film and stuff or go overseas and work for a company over there? Well, I'd love to go overseas and work for a company, but the only place I think I could go is the one that speaks English right now because right. uh, I'm not completely fluent in Spanish. But I or am... Post-COVID. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I am saying that. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I'm not fluent in Spanish and also... There's, I did get to see when I was in Argentina a television studio, which is really cool. That's cool. Uh, and uh, it, it, you know, it looked like just a mini CNN. That's what it looked like, a mini CNN kind of place. And I think it was like Television America or something like that, TV America. And, uh, oh, down there, they have this big thing where they don't call it North and South America. They just call it the Americas. So if you say I'm a, like American, I'm from America – they get very offended because they're like, we're America too. Because <laughs> they think that like South America is America and we're the United States. Just Estados Unidos. <laughs> uh, they don't say of America. They just said the United States. So, but um, post uh, now being back home, there's a couple ideas I got milling around. Number one, I want to get like a part-time job in town, something, but my resume is all video related. So getting a cashier job, I don't know how, if they'll trust me with money. Uh, Cause I know <laughs> I can't count cause I do photography. I uh, was no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, getting that, oh, I think I hear my dog uh, taking care of my dog. That's a big thing that I'm doing these days. Um, and uh, I'm thinking of going back to Argentina, actually, to do another internship, just to become uh, fluent. Uh, I'd love to be fluent in Espanol. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking lessons right now, actually, from a family friend, to two, ta- two days a week. And um, I've lost a lot of it, unfortunately. <laughs> I just lose it so quickly when I'm not there. <laughs> um, and uh, there's something called the Jewish Service Corps, which uh, takes place in Washington, D.C., New York, Chicago, and San Diego, uh, several locations. And I'm, think, I'm strongly thinking of applying for next year's season, where, in which I would be uh, doing some non-for-profit stuff. I think I'd love to work for a non-for-profit, like doing some video work like I did in Argentina, uh, because I like the idea, like when you ask me, like, what kind of work do I do for myself? doing stuff for others is like the way I serve myself. That's like how I, you know, it really warms my heart being able to do uh, something bigger than myself. Uh, Like when I worked for the National Park Service, for example, um, that was like serving a community that was bigger than myself. So I'd really like to maybe go to grad school for nonprofit work uh, and uh, just learn how to like, navigate that field and maybe do some photography or videography for a non-for-profit somewhere. So, you have any questions for me? You know, we're a friend. <laughs> uh, I thought you were leading this. <laughs> <laughs> 
in this podcast is like more of a conversation. So if you have any questions for me. Yeah. So I, I'm just curious. It always seems, Zach, that you have like an activity and artistry, you know, like you're working on in the moment. But are there any big moves that you're thinking, let's say like a five-year plan? Like, I'm curious, like, where do you see yourself five years from now? In the MoMA, the Guggenheim. Oh, that's a, that's a big jump. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I believe you. I small believe town you. of Columbia County, or small county, to like Guggenheim and New York City. Have you been to the Guggenheim? Have I been there? That's a circle one, right? Yeah. Yep. I've been there, I think, twice. You know what? We should plan, me and you should plan a time when we should go down to the city and just visit a bunch of, like, museums. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like, walk around. Yeah. Well, are they open now, or has COVID shut that down, too? I think, I think they're open. We're probably All right. Because since the spike went up, I guarantee they're going to shut down the country again. <laughs> Shucks. Well, once they get the vaccine, me and you will go down to the city and we'll hit all the museums. Sounds good. We'll hit every single one. Even the oh, um, the alley ones. I'm just I'm like, you walk in, and there it is, right in front of you. Yeah, I've seen those. Those are down. Uh, I forget what neighborhood are those in. It's near like Aperture Galleries. Ever been there before? No. Uh, it's more down. If you go downtown, then you'll encounter a lot of. Uh, uh, I think in like Soho in that area, you encounter a lot of the galleries. Because I saw I forget where when I was, but I saw. You're walking somewhere, and I saw one of those like, galleries. You just turn your head, and there's everything. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I got a friend down there. <laughs> yeah, I got a friend down the city. I'll have to ask her if she wants to join us, maybe. We could all get and, together. Maybe, um, Josh, the first podcast, will, will come and join us. Yeah, that would be cool. The more the merrier, you know? True, true. <laughs> No. Uh, but like seriously, like five years from now, so the Guggenheim, what are you going to be at the Guggenheim for? You know, that, that's the real question. Like, that's you know, true. I, I have no clue. Maybe a fellowship or one of those. I mean, uh, have, you, have you looked into a couple of them? Not recently. I mean, I've looked at like other famous photographers like, um, did one. I'm pretty sure Avedon had a fellowship. Um, I know Ansel Adams had at least one or two. But I mean, it'd be interesting to see getting a fellowship, maybe get into some residencies for my painting and photography. That'd be kind of interesting. I, I feel like you're painting, like there's a really a lot of like avenues for you, especially you're painting on photos because that's really a unique thing. Not, I'm sure there are other people that do it, but it's less done. And uh, the stuff that I've seen looks really good. Um, and I think there's really an avenue for you to go down that route. Thank you. And yeah, I feel like people get like a mixed reaction. Of course, when you first do things, people always have a mixed reaction. Like when I first was um, doing street photography and I posted it, not many people liked it. Some people said, oh, it's creepy. But it's like, it's been done. You got to get past that. Yeah. You know, it's been done. It's been done for over a hundred years. People do street. One of the first photos, you know, was street photography. Exactly. Or when I first started doing a lot of black and white, not many people liked it at first. Now people love it. Mm. So to me, for a consumer end, I feel like the more you do something that people don't 100% agree with, they'll end up liking. Absolutely. Because the more you the more you show somebody something, the more they like it. 
Yeah. I mean, the, the person that invented photography, as we know it, Daguerre, you know, he, he was kind of like a uh, showman. He knew how to sell products and do stuff like that. So it's all about how you can sell it along with the actual talent and the technical expertise. I think it was Stieglitz who was the first like gallerist slash photographer who made photography art. Before that, yes. it wasn't really art. Yes, uh, I actually have a Stieglitz on my wall right over here. Um, I'll just turn the camera so you can see. It's that one over there. It's called the Steerage. Um, it's about its immigration to the United States back in the early uh, 20th century. Uh, but Stieglitz they, and Stieglitz and Steichen, or Steichen, I always forget how to pronounce his name. I also have a picture that's the flat iron that's over there as well on the wall. They're my favorite photographers of the 20th century and uh, their stuff was the pictorialist movement and their idea was that they said we're going to imitate uh, paintings because that's art. Paintings are art so we're going to make our photos look like that rather than look like a straight on like a mug shot. <laughs> but then there was this photographer Paul Strand who said no 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 I'm going to take photos. I feel like I, the stuff that you do, Zach, is more more like Paul Strand, um, and you know some of our contemporaries like you know Ken Bovat. You know he does like photo. You know, what, what does he call his stuff? To me, because since he uses Photoshop a lot, his is more. Whenever people Photoshop their images to like the nth degree, to me that's um, like photo art. That's what he calls it. He calls yeah. it photo art. Um, so. Yeah, that's more like pictorialist versus strand, which is more, you know, uh, just straight on, just head on. Like somebody uh, who I get inspiration from, I'm looking back backwards, is um, like Walker Evans and Robert. Oh, I love Walker Evans. Yeah, documentary, you know, kind of photography, the Great Depression, the, you know, the Recovery Acts administration, you know, they did a lot of great stuff. I feel like some of my images, especially like the old buildings and trees and stuff, are like very like his. Yeah, and street photography too. They did a lot of that. There was the whole, um, what was this? I'm, I'm trying to remember the National Recovery Act. They had like all these uh, photographers back in the 30s that were, uh, Walker Evans was one of them. Uh, the government cared about photography. Yeah. <laughs> they, were like, they were like, yeah, back when the government cared about yeah, unfortunately. Arts. Well, we'll see with the new administration how they're going to care about the arts, but regardless if that people care or not, you know, public health is going to be prioritized. And like, and like still, even like with like Obama, the arts weren't as put as um, a priority back in the day when it was like uh, photography was like kind of new back then, like documenting things. Yeah. Definitely. You had to have money to be a photographer in a way back then. Because you had to buy the film, you had to buy the camera, you had to buy the darkroom stuff. You, had to you get the dark one. room. <laughs> like all, all the chemicals and stuff. Yeah. It was more a complicated process. Yeah. And there's nothing like the information we have today. We can just go on YouTube and type in how to pour chemicals, how to set up a dark room. In your you had to bathroom. learn from a, from a master. And you yeah, you learn from somebody. Yeah. That's how it works. 
back in the day. <laughs> now information's in our fingertips. I know, and the problem is it makes it so, you know, well, it's not a problem. It's, like, great that everyone can do photography, but I think that's why I said there's a real avenue for you doing mixing the painting with uh, the photos because a lot of people do photos. And some people can do paintings, but if you're able to mix them, people will really see that and like that. And also, like, when I first started doing my own pictures, there's a few like, photographers, of course, not really consumer, mostly. Mm -hmm. They said, oh, you're ruining your picture. It's like, it's a digital image. I can print as many as I want. <laughs> I mean, some of the things I find, like the found art or the found um, pictures, I can't reproduce since they're not mine. They're one of one. Unless I, um, in my closet, I have a um, source material, I'm calling it. Mm -hmm. Like prints I found or um, group photos that I haven't touched yet that I want to enlarge, you know, on canvas or on paper. Mm -hmm. But I think those are maybe like a one of one type things. But who knows? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm still learning that stuff i'm still learning a lot about technology especially as it changes so fast i also want to know how you do the backgrounds on zoom because i don't use zoom that much and now i'm just like i'm jealous <laughs> i like your background after we're done talking i'll show you how to do it excellent excellent i'll need that small little trick <laughs> small little trick yeah it seems to it, it mirrors you fairly well but once in a while with your hands like it in between them, in between the fingers, it gets a little or lost. I want to show you something. See? Wait, oh, it just it just disappeared. Oop. See, the fun of the AI. What do you want to call it? AI technology, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely AI. That that that's in our field now. <laughs> yeah, that's another whole conversation about AI and how. Some companies now, like Adobe. How do you feel about uh, Elon Musk's uh, Neuralink idea of, uh, you know, having greater capabilities mentally through putting a chip in your head? I think the first few rounds of it are more for medical purposes. I don't yes. think, um, I mean, definitely in our lifetime it will happen, but I don't think you'll like want to do like mine, like where you can plug your brain into a computer and like remove <laughs> stuff. Or add stuff. Uh, I mean, imagine if like you couldn't time. afford to go on a. Uh, imagine if you couldn't afford to go on vacation, but you'd pay to like get the memories of the vacation added to your head. I feel like it's in that way. It would be like um, VR, like um, contact lenses, mm. anywhere you want in the world, by like Ooh. your eyes. So you're in a dingy alley. In the middle of like New York City, and it's like, whoa, I'm in Miami Beach. <laughs> or also, the people who are like disabled can't mm. really go anywhere. So they put these glasses or contacts in, and they can go anywhere in the world they want. We already have the VR headsets, but having contacts would make it like really streamlined. Yeah, because then it's flat against your eye, and then having something you can wear permanently. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool stuff. Well, I wonder what they're going to do with photography because, for example, I, I had the flagship, uh, you know, Canon camera, the 5D Mark IV, and I'm wondering what's next because that came out in 2016, 
and I know that they have they have some mirrorless cameras, but I wonder what's you know that's that's a, a small jump because they they've had mirrorless for a while, but I wonder what's really next in cameras. I know with some editing software that there's like AI, like this video I think I showed you was uh, Photoshop, how they their new um, program on your face. I can change your how your eyes are directed. I can change if you're happy or sad. I can change your whole face by one. Deep fakes. Deep fakes are scary. Yeah. I mean, this is like a personal deep fake in a way. Like, you can show off, like, say you're having a bad day, but you're talking to a, like, a cute girl. You can send her a picture and you're happy. It's <laughs> a very specific example that I've. Yeah, yes, I, I've encountered that so many times. I, mu- I, I must have a cure. I cannot produce a fake smile. I, I, I must. The computer will do it for me. Or if you want to show like a potential girl, you're younger. You can always go to the slot, the age slider, and slide it back a few years. Is there one that can make me skinnier? Hey, that's what Photoshop is for. <laughs> yeah. Get rid of my gut. <laughs> and it's only that picture, not reality. Yeah. Well, as long as you don't do it too much. If you do a slight twerks, uh, make you like this. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. If you do slight tweaks, that's all right. But if you go too far, then I think they're going to notice. Well, they might be disappointed when they see you in real life. <laughs> catfish. That's the biggest failure. Yeah, it's a catfish. So, where do you where do you see yourself in like say ten years? Oh, man. All right. Well, hold on. I just got out of college, and you doubled it. I said five <laughs> years, and you say ten. Woo! All right. So, 32. Or, or, where do you see yourself in the future? No, no, no. 32. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to say, like, this is necessarily all, like, I, I hope it's realistic, but, like, you know, I, I would like by 32 to have a special somebody, you <laughs> know, uh, that's uh, Life, steady. Picket fence. Uh, it doesn't have to be a picket fence, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when I was younger, I just kept on saying, I want to have as many kids as possible, but, uh, that was always a joke. And the more that I meet kids, the less I think that's, that's bearable. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I'm not even the one giving birth, so I, I need to really yeah. shut up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to have that. And when it comes to a career, I'd like to have something meaningful where I'm really giving back to society. You know, I'd really like to be engaged with my community and uh, doing good work. And uh, it, finding, you know, being creative doesn't necessarily mean that I would be doing photography or film work, even though I'd like to be doing that stuff. I'm open. I'm really open. I just, it's, I'm at this crossroads in my life where the path I go is going to be really important. I remember I actually went to, back about a year ago, I went to a psychic, actually. <laughs> and he told me that I have about a year or so, a window in my life. Um, and then uh, after that, like, it's, it's gone. Like a window for, like, a choice. <laughs> and I still don't know what that is. And I think I must have missed it because I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's been, like, about a year now. 
I think no, it's it'll be in January. So I, I guess I got a little time. So when you try like graphic design or like something like along those lines, or yeah, I could try that. Uh, I mean, I could try anything. You know, and you want more I, like hands-on, like more like painting or like woodworking kind of creativity. I feel like I'm just. I'll be honest. I'm like at this point in my life where I'm very uh, confused, especially with coronavirus. Like you know, I've seen my I life. Yeah, we're all in the same state. Yeah, we're all in the same state. So when it comes to what I like doing this, what I like doing that, it's more like, is there an opportunity for that right now? Okay, I'll do it. Uh, I'll take what I can get. Have you, um, during the COVID, even though it's not over yet, yeah. have you experimented with any, any other forms of creativity? Or any- uh, blogging. I, I Doing blogs. Uh, when I was in Argentina, I did a lot of blogs. And I wish I was traveling still. <laughs> Stupid coronavirus so I could be doing more blogs. But Put your um, VR glasses on. Yeah, I could <laughs> do that. But no, doing uh, blogs uh, was a really good way to pass the time during uh, the outbreak. And I, I did some in Argentina. And eventually when I had to evacuate, I took a lot of great photos uh, during that. And they were very popular. Um, so I would love to get back to blogging. People really like them. So you haven't made any since you're home? Uh, I made, well, I went on a trip to uh, the Grand Canyon uh, and I made uh, that one. I, I finished that one when I was at home, but it was the photos from the Grand Canyon and everything. I'll link your blog in the, um, my blog post. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that would be really cool. Yeah, pick a your favorite and a one. Blog. A blog and a blog, yeah. <laughs> or you could just have the whole list of them. But uh, I think it was like five or six of them. And that, yeah, that's the creativity I want to get back to. But you know how like people have a writer's block? I'm having a creativity block. I just need to get out of it. So I'm just um, trying to experiment, trying to see what's next. And, uh, you know, trying to feel better in this Corona Blues world. <laughs> but, yeah. So thanks for being on my podcast thing, whatever this thing turns out to be. No, it's a podcast. And, and you did great, Zach. I, I'm glad to be here. I was a little nervous at first, but you made it very easygoing, and uh, I think people are going to really love it. The, the, um, the method I like to use is KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> I think I've heard that in a YouTube video somewhere. <laughs>